Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of CQP Moments. As always, I'm your host, the Coupon Queen Pen. Guys, I have an awesome guest by the name of Elisa and you know I love love. But she's going to take us from how things weren't so lovely to where everything is totally and completely intimate. So let's take a moment out and I'll be right back. So guys, like I told you, I have Alisa DiLorenzo here and you guys know I love love, but since we couldn't go into the out, a few things got hinky in the Kool-Aid and Alisa's here to help us out with that. So Alisa, would you please introduce yourself to my listeners? Absolutely. I'm so glad to be here. Um, My name is Elisa DiLorenzo. My husband and I, 12 years ago, founded One Extraordinary Marriage. And we've been speaking to a worldwide audience about sex, love, and commitment since 2010. Wait, 2010? Yeah, we started podcasting January 2010. Oh my gosh. Well, Well, congratulations on the 10-year anniversary. 12, actually. Well, 12. Yeah, 12. I'm saying 10. Like, it's it's 2020. You know what? I'm I'm just chalking it up to COVID. We got stuck in a matrix. Okay. Trust me. I I tell everybody, (laughs) the last two years have actually been about 20 wherever you go. So it's all good. I get it. I get it. So, Okay. Wow, I feel like I feel like I'm such a baby, such a noob to you. Just like I mean, I've, I'm I'm going on four years, but I still feel like such a noob. You're such a veteran. Okay, well, it's been a journey. It's been a journey, and I love I, I love connecting with those who are you know getting out and and having a voice. Right, right. So okay, you're here to tell us about one extraordinary marriage. But what in it, it, what is it about your marriage that made you say, hey, we have to share this with other people? Because, you know, we get those people that like, you know, don't do it. You don't want to be anchored to the old ball and chain or, you know, or or all the other weird things that are going on out there. So what made you to decide, hey, you know, what is it? What was it about your marriage that made you guys decide this? Well, it was really the fact that we'd been staring down the idea of divorce. Um, Gosh, when our kids were two and five and they're now 16 and 19. um, But when they were two and five, we were, we were miserable in our marriage and we didn't have an extraordinary marriage. We, we were more like roommates. We were barely tolerating each other. We could, we could pay the bills and get groceries and do laundry. But as far as any real connection between the two of us, um, there wasn't one. And that fall we got radical because our options were get a divorce, stay together for another 16 years until the baby turned 18 and graduated or do something different. And it was in that do something different that Tony and I said, you know what, we're going to, we're going to make each other a priority. We're going to focus on our marriage. We're going to see what happens. And we actually embarked on a 60 day sex challenge that fall. And 
rediscovered one wait, another. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You just blew my mind. A 60 day what challenge? 60, we called it our 60 day sex challenge. And so what we had committed to was having sex every day for 60 days. We ended up doing wow. 40 out of 60, but that was the commitment. Oh, okay. See, you know, I have to say this ladies, cause you know, we are ones for withholding the cookie uh -huh. and you guys know what I mean, but in order to save your marriage, you committed to 60 days, at least once a day. Yes. See, yes. this is, I, I love this. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. And I, and I, and, and I have to applaud you because a lot of times we get to, you know, and, and I tell this to a lot of my guy friends, you know, and men all the time, Hey, you know, women from the time we're little girls, we're thinking about what our wedding is going to look like. Mm -hmm. We have Disneyfied, you know, someday my prince will come and sure. you're going to walk down the aisle in a big white dress and go to the altar and he's going to be standing there crying and, you know, you're going to have a magical wedding for, you know, and all the birds are going to sing and yeah. the butterflies are going to show up and sparkles are going to fall from the air, however you dreamed that. But <clears throat> one of the things is we're not candid enough to say, hey, you know, after, after the big party, right. after the big ceremony, after all of this, what do I do? Oh, exactly. Because all the planning goes into that big party and the sparkles and the, you know, doves right. flying and right. You know, right. singing. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get back from your honeymoon and we actually had issues on our honeymoon. Um, so we, on your honeymoon. Well, we went to, <laughs> this is such my story. We went to Mexico for our honeymoon and your Tony's like, Hey, let's go snorkeling. I'm like, you know what? I'm a newlywed. Yeah. You want to go snorkel? It's warm, like we have to do it. Well, the, first of all, it was like a really windy day. So not a great day to go snorkeling because the water was already all churned up and you couldn't see anything, but we jump in, in this one bay and come up and everybody's like, what is that smell? What, what's going on here? We, the boat that we were on had a diesel leak. So we were actually oh swimming in diesel and my hair, I mean, like everybody's hair, um, super porous. And so it soaked up the diesel. And so like, he couldn't even get close to me because I, I washed my hair like 12 times. I couldn't oh my goodness. Diesel smell. So happy honeymoon. You can't even get close to each other. Cause like I'm giving off vapors. Right. And, you know, so even there, there was, you know, tension and like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Like, this was not what we expected. Um, and so, but you get into this place where you're like, okay, well, how do we do life? What happens when, you know, you put the toilet paper on the wrong way? What happens when, you know, somebody loses a job that's not covered in Disney, right? That's not covered, you know, when you lose the ability to talk to one another, cause you're just, you know, you're not investing in the marriage and you're like, well, I don't yes. want to talk to you. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's where we lose it. This is where we, we lose it because we don't see and, and maybe because I was a very weird child, I, I will say this, I was a very strange child. You guys know I was the orchestra nerd, the chess nerd, the this person nerd, just 
I was a nerd's nerd. Let, let, let's just get that all out there. Um, but point being, you know, I always wondered what would, what happened after the big wedding? Mm-hmm. What happened after happily ever after? I mean, you know, from a scientific point, if they're walking off into the sun, they're going to burn up. So what, what happens Wow. after this, you know, because it always ended with, and then they got married and they lived happily ever after. What does happily ever after look like? Yeah. And, and I think that's really, that's really the real question, you know? And I think what we don't realize is happily ever after does come with fights. Mm-hmm. Happily ever after comes with compromises. Happily ever after comes with, hey, like you said, hey, this person lost their job. So I either have to start working, pick up extra shifts, get an extra job. Um, You know, we have to cut down on a few things, but we have to figure these things out together. Or if you don't, you don't come into, come into the relationship with children. um, How are we going to raise the kids? Mm -hmm. Because we have more, let's be real. We have more and more people coming together that are of two different faiths. Yes. So if you're Jewish and Christian, are we going to raise the children Christian? Are we going to raise the children Jewish? How are we going to do this? Are we going to mix the two? You know, and, and let's be real. One of the biggest things, like we even say with family that we're not married to, money can make or break you. Mm -hmm. So what does happily ever after look like? And I think we just, we've been, again, disnified and given this idea that happily ever after just fixes the whole problem. And it doesn't, sure. it doesn't, it really doesn't. So getting back to what you were saying, now you're on a honeymoon that you're having already having a problem. You, you've, we're fast forwarding and you have a two-year-old you guys are not getting this together. We're and not. you're like, we have to change this. You take this challenge. Yeah. And what happens after these 60 days? Well, it didn't even take 60 days for us to start to see changes. Um, I, to this day, remember driving. I mean, you know, our kids were two and five. So I remember driving in a minivan. Um, with my husband, I can tell you exactly where it was here in San Diego, California. And I remember looking at him and the thought going through my mind that says, I still like him. He's funny. Like we're having a good time together. And even saying that out loud, like, it sounds so funny to say that because this is my husband. Like I should feel that way, but it had been so long since we'd had that connection between raising kids and, you know, doing life together and him building a business and all these, it had been so long since I'd actually looked at him and said, I like you. And so part of the 60 days was, you know, a lot of people were here, we did a 60 day sex challenge and like, okay, so you gave your husband sex for 60 days. And no, we, we 
chose to be sexually intimate with each other for the 40 out of the 60. That was a choice we both made. But what we gained in terms of our emotional intimacy, how that we were connecting with one another and our recreational intimacy, how we were spending time together, like every single intimacy in our marriage shifted because we were intentional. And I tell people now, I'm like, I've been married 25 years as of um, October, 2021. And my marriage now is better than it's ever been. That is awesome. That is awesome. And I, and, and can I, can I ask you this? Yeah. Was it different once you made that intent? Because I noticed you added the word, it was intentional. Mm -hmm. Did the intent make it more meaningful for you? Absolutely. Because, you know, going back to, and I love your word, disnified, that I, I may actually borrow that. And yes, I always use disnified or the, the disnification of it all. Yes, yes. I, often, I often talk about Hollywood, but I'm, I'm feeling the love on this whole concept of disnified. Um, you know, that concept really means, in, in, as I hear you say it, like, I'm not going to have to work at this, right? We're going to sail into happily ever after. We're going to, you know, walk right. off. Birds are going right. to But the truth of the matter is, is that anything in life that we want that that is of value to us, we're actually going to put some effort into that, right? We're going to, you know, if we want to exactly, have- a great, Exactly, exactly. If you want to have a great body, you're going to go work out. Like, it's not just, you get to a certain age and it doesn't just happen, right? I don't, right. Right. It's much easier when you're 46, totally different story. You got to be intentional about that. Um, if you want to, you mentioned money. If you want to see your finances grow, that's not going to just happen. You're going to have to, you know, invest wisely. You're going to have to get financial advisors. You're going to have to do research. Like right. things that matter to us don't just happen. And yet there's this idea that happily ever after and having a great marriage. Well, if we said I do, and we love one another, mm -hmm. Then, then I can take my hands off the wheel and, you know, kind of like the, you know, all these cars, it's just going to happen. Yeah. 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 The driving blind thing. Yeah. And it doesn't. And so when Tony and I made the decision to be intentional and to say, we're not just going to leave all of these areas of our marriage to chance anymore. We're going to, we're going to schedule time together and we're going to be intentional about our conversations and we're going to date one another again, more than just, you know, let's go to, out to dinner and have a movie. And we're going to have sex, you know, a certain number of times a week because that matters. To, like when all of these things started to shift for us, then the relationship suddenly had value and importance because the intention made us both realize this is something that we value. Oh, you know, and, and I think the thing is that you finally decided to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. I think that to me is what you're saying. Am I right? Correct. Because if you're not talking about it and, and I coach individuals and couples all day long, when it comes to marriage and relationships, I, I just got an email from a guy yesterday and he's like, we've got some big problems in our marriage, but we haven't, I, I haven't asked her about it. And I said, well, it, like, it's not going to go away. I think, you know, the, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I think one of the biggest things is we try to avoid, how can I put it? We try to avoid things period Correct. with people yes. and, 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 and don't get me wrong. It's kind of like, you know, we'll have a deadline at work 
we know we've got to meet that. We're going to meet that. We're going to make it. We yeah. know we have to pay a bill. We're going to meet that. We're going to do it. We're going to make it. We're, 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 we're getting there by hook or by crook. We have to make a plane or make a trip or whatever. We're getting on that plane. We're going on, we're going on that trip by hook or by crook. But as soon as it comes time, it's like, oh, Queen Pin has to confront Elisa. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I can't do it. I, you know, I'd rather not talk to her about that. And it doesn't have to be something that serious. Correct. But I think we come on up to such an avoidance with confronting people or even sometimes just saying something as simple as you know when you saw me the other day you didn't say hi and it hurt my feelings Mm -hmm. you know and it's we're we're overthinking we're underthinking we're thinking somebody hates us we're thinking somebody's talking about us but we're going through all these scenarios in our head in our own head, we're having these conversations with ourselves. We're, you know, going through possibilities, probabilities, all this stuff. Instead of saying, hey, you know, do you have a moment to talk? Uh-huh. Can, can we talk about this? And I think, and maybe you can, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. And this goes for relationships, whether they be romantic, marriage, platonic, but we get to the point where we're ready to blow and now we want to have a conversation. Whereas if we would have had the conversation in the beginning, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't have been so bad. Correct. We hold it in and this is a collective, you know, that universal way. I'm not saying everybody does this, but like you said, a lot of people are uncomfortable with this idea of confrontation. And what I would say to that is if you start when something first happens, like you said, if we, if we just addressed it in the moment, then it doesn't necessarily become confrontational. It's when we wait days, weeks, months, years, in some cases, I've found that with some of my coaching clients that long now it's not just this little thing about you not saying hello to me or you forgetting to put the you know milk back in the refrigerator or forgetting to respond to an email. Now it's everything that's happened that I haven't addressed with you. And it literally, it's like a volcanic explosion in the middle of a relationship. And you're like, what just happened to us? And, and that's so- it. That's it. It's, it's just like, you know, it, it's kind of like, and, and one of the things about it is sometimes we're, we're there, you know, and, and, and when I mean there, we're, we're all, we're amped all the way up. Mm-hmm. And because we're there, we realize that we're hearing ourselves and we sound straight up crazy, but because we're heightened, we know we can't bring that down and have people still look at us the same way. Cause now we kind of look bipolar. Correct. So it's just like, you're yelling and you hear yourself and you're like, darn it, I sound like a nutbag. But now it's coming out. And a lot of times, let's all admit, we realize, you know what? I sound wrong. Mm -hmm. It's coming out wrong. And one of the things that I have had a person do to me, and this was even recently, was they knew they sounded wrong, 
But instead of admitting they were wrong, they just hung up. They said, I'm ending this conversation. And it's like, oh, okay. Wow. Hold up. You know, so it, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things of how do we do this? How do we make this work? Like, you know, but you have something called the six pillars. Mm-hmm. Now, my question becomes to you, how do the six pillars differentiate from the five love languages from everything else that we've heard, you know, because guess what? Everybody's, I mean, everyone's still having all these great drama. I mean, you know, it makes for great reality television as well, but you know, how, how, how do the six pillars differentiate from everything else we've heard? So I love this question because I love talking about the framework as a whole. And, you know, the reality is, is the five love languages, that framework is roughly a generation old, um, 20 years or so. And when it first came out, came out revolutionary, right? All of a sudden now we had these, these words, right? Like, oh, it's words of affirmation or, you know, physical touch. And what I've seen over the last 10 years of working with couples is what went from being a great way to, for me to be able to explain myself or be able to understand you has now become weaponized for so many couples. Because now what I hear as a marriage coach is, well, my love language is, you know, physical touch and my, my spouse won't touch me or my love language is words of affirmation and my spouse won't say anything nice to me. And so now all of a sudden we've got this tug of war going on. Right. And, and what was supposed to be this tremendous help and still is, I mean, I have lots of clients that still look at five love languages. It's a tool for them. Um, But what I realized was that we weren't, the challenge with the five love languages or those types of similar frameworks is that it doesn't look at all the different aspects of a marriage that couples are engaged in, right? So when we look at the six pillars of intimacy, and I'm just going to give you a a quick rundown of what the six are. So there's emotional intimacy. That's all the verbal and nonverbal communication. Let's face it. You're going to be married to someone. You're going to be talking to them either with your words or with your body. Emotional intimacy matters. Um, from there we go, we talk about physical intimacy and this is all the non-sexual touch. This is the hugs, the massages, the kisses, the, the foot rubs, whatever it might be. It's how the right, two right. connect with your body. We talk about financial intimacy, whether you've got shared accounts or you don't money. I mean, we've talked about this just touched on a few times in this conversation. Money is a role, has a role in a marriage. Right. Right. And, and that's the thing. I think one of the things that I hear, and I talk to a lot of guys, yeah. Um, and don't take this the wrong way. I mean, I just have conversations with a lot of males, mm-hmm. and gentlemen, don't like, what do you mean you talk to a lot of guys, Queen Pen? <laughs> no, um, <laughs> but I, you know, and one of the things is the feeling that a lot of them in this day and age are resenting having to take care of everything there's this resentment and part of it one of the things that I always ask is did you tell this to your partner because you're having this deep profound I hate doing this conversation with me and I get it you're venting yeah but it has nothing to do with me Mm. you're not you're not paying any of my bills you're not doing anything for me 
So why are you and I having this conversation as opposed to you and your partner? And, and, and this is one, one of the things I think is one of the biggest problems because I hear, I hear it from women too, but I don't hear it as often, but I do hear it from a lot of men. You know, I'm, I'm tired of being the one paying. I, I wish she'd pay for lunch or for dinner or pay for a date for every, every once in a while. And it's like, sit down and have these conversations. Well, and that's why, that's why we included that as one of the, the six intimacies, because the, what you just described, you know, what does it look like for a couple to, to navigate their finances? And we're not just talking about, you know, going on a date, but, you know, couples that are married and they're, they're thinking right, about retirement right. or estates. And, and so, so finances has to be part of the conversation. Uh, we also talk about spiritual intimacy. You mentioned earlier, you know, couples of different faiths, different right, faiths. Right, faith. right, right how does that, what's the role of that in your marriage? Um, We also talk about recreational intimacy. You know, the fun doesn't stop with the I do. You don't stop dating each other or looking, you know, exploring life together once you slip the ring on and you change your last name. And and I think that's another thing. It's now that I do hear from women, it's just like, oh, you know, we said I do and we never leave the house. Well, (laughs) why? And and it's like, you know, what's, why are you not leaving the house? Why are you, did, did you, did you suddenly become a homebody? Did he suddenly become a hermit? Did something change? Did your finances change? Did, is there a situation that changed? I mean, you know, I never saw, and, and, and this is, you know, uh, I am, you know, veering off a little bit, but I never saw so many people wanting to go out until quarantine. <laughs> yes. The same people that were saying, you know what, we don't need to go outside. We don't need to do this. All of a sudden they're like, Hey, is it possible we could like meet at the park and look at each other? Oh, now you want to come out of your house. Yeah. You're not supposed to be out the house, but you want it. And, it, and it, it's just one of those things of, are you having these conversations or is it just the thought of, you having that freedom that you think it'll always be there. Mm -hmm. So you're not making it as important. And, and these are the, I I have to tell you, we keep saying the word over and over and over, but it really chalks up to communication. The same way she and I are communicating. It's really chalks up to communication. But oh my gosh, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, the recreational intimacy. And I think, you know, when you're saying these things, hmm. we don't think that these things are, in, we don't think of them as intimacy. I think well, that's really what it is. We don't think of them as intimacy. Correct. And that's why, like, for us, the last one is sexual intimacy. And I actually write a chapter in our book, The Six Pillars of Intimacy, where, where I address this, right? So many people, take the word intimacy and it's just synonymous with the word sex. They're used interchangeably. Right, right. But intimacy itself is really just closeness and connection in a particular area, right? It doesn't have to just be a sexual intimacy. You can be emotionally intimate with someone. You, you can have financial intimacy where the two of you are talking about these things. You can have spiritual intimacy where you're discussing faith matters or you're practicing different faiths or the same faith. So you can get to this place. And this is why, you know, going back to your original question, how is this different? 
instead of just saying, here's how I want to be loved, like the five love languages does, this framework actually gives people, couples, an opportunity to say, okay, where do we have cracks in our pillars? And how can we as a team make them stronger? What can I do and what can we do? And so the six pillars of intimacy really gets into this place where couples have a visual of the pillars, right? They can they can visualize six pillars. It's all over the book, but right, also right. going, okay, wait, when, when these pillars are strong, how much stronger is our marriage? How much more beautiful is our marriage when we have this strength and we can carry the weight that life, you know, the storms of life will throw at us. And that's where the concept of the pillars came from because architecturally they're, they do bring strength, they bring beauty, they carry weight. And that's what we wanted to equip couples to be able to do is say, we want, we want you to be stronger, but we also want right, you to be able to see right. if you've got a crack, fix that crack. You don't have to throw out the whole building, take care of the cracks, mm. take care of your pillars. And this isn't a, you know, a tug of war. It's not, well, you know, I mean, when it comes to our marriage, Tony has a stronger need for, for touch, for physical intimacy than I do, but I know it's important to him. And so I won't let that pillar get cracks in it. I, I will touch, you know, I will do the kisses. I will hold his hand while we're driving in the car. I will cuddle up with him on the couch because that prevents us from having cracks and feeling disconnected. It's a choice they make. It's going back to being intentional. Hmm. Wow. That, you know what, that, and I, I think, I think now, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, because this is your book. You guys wrote this. Yeah. What you're saying is this doesn't help you just identify what your needs are, but it helps you see what some of the other person's needs are and how you can, how you can help, you know, meet those needs. Absolutely. Because, and it's not just, it's not just needs, right? Here. You know, the thing with the life of a marriage is that where the two of you are on your wedding day or coming off of your honeymoon versus where you're going to be 30, 40, 50 years down the road is not the same thing. It's why, you know, if we get into, you know, saying, well, my love language is X, Y, Z, well, then that becomes an identity, right? If you right, ask, right, if you ask right. people, they'll just say, oh, well, I, this is who I am, right? I'm, I'm, They'll even say it, I'm words of affirmation or I'm physical touch. It's an identity. And we didn't want the six pillars to be an identity. We wanted it to be a framework to say, what's going on in our marriage right now? What do we need to address in this season? Where are we strong? And Ooh, I love that. You, See, wait, 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 wait. You, you, I, I love that. And you said, where are we in this season? In other words, in this time of our lives, where are we? Because we know there's a possibility it may change. It's right. going to change. But how do we work with that change? I love this. Well, and here's the thing, Clinton. Uh, you know, the reality is, is that every single one of your listeners has strengths that they bring into the relationships that they're in. Every, every single one of you listening, you bring strength to your relationships. And it's looking at that and saying, okay, where am I strong? What do I bring? And, and if there's an area where, where there's some weakness, right? We call them cracks in the pillars. What, what can I draw on from the strength that I have in another area to strengthen 
that crack to strengthen that weakness. So many people think they're failures in a certain area. They're not a failure. They just haven't figured out how to apply strength to another area of their relationship. Oh, nice, nice. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. See, and I, and I think that's that is something that we don't look at. It's one of those things, and and I think this is something that affects us from childhood because it's like you know you get this pass fail. Mm-hmm. And if you fail, you fail. You don't think, hey, you know what? I need to fix this. I need to, to you, you know, add something to strengthen this part of my thing. This is not just a, fa- it's not a failure. It's a weakness. Correct. I can make this better. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I love your phrasing of this. I, I love it because it, it lets us know that, you know, hey, there's, there is a different way to look at this. Yeah. There is a different way of, of thinking about this. Now, I hear you say that you are, you know, counseling, and this is counseling that you and your husband do together, correct? So I am a certified marriage coach. Okay. We, I, different from a counselor. Um, I have my certification. I can actually coach people. I actually have coached people literally around the world. Um, and it's something that I do singularly for one extraordinary marriage. My speaking of strengths, my husband has a lot of strengths. Um, but if he was coaching, there would be just two answers to every problem. You either need to stop doing something or you need to start doing something. Um, (laughs) it's how he's wired. I love him for it. I get a lot more into the nuances and, um, and by nature, I'm a strategist, so I can, I can see how people present their problems and what's going on. And I I truly believe it's a gift to be able to go, okay, how can I connect the dots? How can I present this in a different way for you to get the breakthrough that you're looking for in your relationship? So I stay in my lane. He stays in his. Okay. 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 But oh my gosh, this is like, to me, this is so awesome. And I have to thank you for Mm -hmm. one not stopping when you saw an issue mm-hmm. because one of the number one reasons I hear for people not wanting to get married is oh you know there's so many marriages ending in divorce mm-hmm. and one thing that I've always brought up to people is yeah and people get food poisoning but that doesn't stop you from eating either thank you <laughs> So it's like, but, you know, we're not thinking we we've, and, and one of the things is I, I started looking at the Disney effect of everything or being mm-hmm. Disneyfied or the Disneyfication of it all. Yeah. <laughs> when I realized, in other words, I, I heard a lot of guys saying, you know, all these women are looking for princesses, princes. They're Uh looking for princes and they're looking for someone to come and rescue them and this and that. And I'm like, okay, you know, but like I said, from childhood, I always wondered what happened after you rode off into the sunset on the horse and had the great big day. Right. But one of the other things was if we're affected and think that we're supposed to be princesses, then that means that, and again, we're, I'm using that universal we, I'm not saying we, I'm not saying any particular person, Sure. but that means that there are guys that are 
have been affected by this Disney effect too and feel like they're not living up to Prince Charming. Mm-hmm. And we need to recognize that. That it's just, this is not the way to look at things. Mm-hmm. I, oh my gosh. And, and I love the fact that you guys took this and made it plain and said, you know what? Marriage is messy. Yeah. Marriage is work. You know, marriage isn't always pretty. It's not about, hey, you know what? Today we're in Jamaica. Tomorrow we're in Aruba. We're going <laughs> to pretend like we have no kids. Even when we go to Walmart, we look amazing. And we're going to film ourselves getting out of the minivan. Oh. And we're a family of four and we always look fabulous. No, our kids never have Cheerios up their noses, you know, because this is the way we love to look. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things with social media, you know, the kids look amazing. They look like little supermodels. Mom and dad are always happy, you know, and it's, it's just picture perfect. You look like that Sears picture back in the day where everybody's just holding each other. Yeah. And, and that's not the way it is. That's not life. That's the, you know, the funny thing is, think about it this way. It's kind of like Snapchat, guys. You get this little snapshot of life mm-hmm. and that's all you're getting for that few seconds. But that is not the moving parts in the moving pictures. And what Alisa does is show us the moving parts and the moving pictures. And she helps us to navigate that. So I really have to say thank you. Thank you for deciding to be transparent. Thank you for deciding to work on and not pretend that this wasn't really happening. Thank you for not running away from the confrontation Mm. because you could have done all of that. This could have been a whole different conversation. We could have been talking about anything else today but here we are talking about one extraordinary marriage and the six pillars of intimacy Mm -hmm. Uh, your your thanks are so appreciated um we get up every day with the mission to impact one marriage and we never know whose marriage that is so we continue to get up every day and fight for marriages and fight to break that idea that everybody's getting divorced and fight to break the idea that it has to be miserable after the honeymoon and we will continue that fight yeah thank you thank you thank you for that so tell everyone where they can first of all where can they find you and get one-on-one with you because I I think that's one of the things that people are going to start asking me well how do I find Elisa? So how do they get in contact with you? So everything, everything from coaching with me to being able to get the six pillars of intimacy book is all on our website, which is one extraordinary marriage.com or on Instagram and Facebook at the same uh, one extraordinary marriage. And so if you want to connect, I want to connect with you. Um, I want to know that you heard it on the show here and let's, let's go after the extraordinary. That is awesome. That is awesome. So guys, of course, you know, if you didn't catch that, all of her information will be in the show notes. So you won't miss a thing. Where can they find your book? 
Well, Amazon.com makes it super easy. So if you just go to one extraordinary marriage.com and slash Amazon, you can get it there or wherever you search for Amazon, just go to six pillars of intimacy. Guys, you know, we always have prime. I'm touting, the, I'm always touting the love for prime. So get the six pillars of intimacy and find out how this changes your relationship. And you know what? I'm not even going to say how it changes your relationship, how it changes your outlook. Because one of the things, and I, I ask if I'm incorrect in this, please let me know, Elisa, is that sometimes we get in thing, into things to change one thing and we find out it begins to change us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And there's a reason why um, in the book, when I talk about each one of the pillars of intimacy, there's a section called, what can I do? Because it starts with us before we can go to the we. And uh, that's important to me that people take action. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Well, thank you, Elisa. Thank you for coming on. This was awesome. I am like, oh my gosh, I feel so warm right now. I, I kid you not. This is like so amazing. Oh, it was truly an honor to be with you and your audience today. Thank you. Thank you. So guys, I hope that you enjoyed this. Make sure you are checking out Alice's page as well as her Instagram and her podcast. And guys, remember, she's coming out with a book. So we have to have her back to talk about the book once it gets published. But as always, guys, be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and happy shopping. Hey everyone, it's Angelica from A Little Bit of Everything With Me podcast, and you're listening to CQP Moments with the Coupon Queen Pen. Don't forget to like and subscribe and rate her podcast.